All right, so why don't we do this? Why don't we start? Everybody just, you know, just who you are and what brings you here tonight. So we'll start with with Brandon. You, you and I have kind of been uh, the, the catalyst for this thing. Why don't we start with you? All right. What's up, everyone? Obviously, you may know me. You do know me. <laughs> Brandon Texera. Um, just graduated Nichols College. And now with everything going on in the world, I feel like where I left off in Stoughton was a pretty good mark. So I'm going to use whatever kind of platform I have to try to help my community. And basically just I want to send the message across to get along with the police. And hopefully, like, because obviously what's going on in the world, it's like, all right, everyone hates the police. Like, but our community, I feel like we need you guys. You guys need us. Like, uh, from two years ago, flag football, when we hosted that, like, the police worked with us very well. So we appreciate that, and we just want that to continue moving forward. All right. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, my name is Steven Spellman. For those of you who don't know me, uh, graduated Stoughton, class of 2018. I'm currently a student at UMass Amherst. Uh, I'll hopefully graduate next year, depending on what's, what's going on. But uh, what brings me here, um, obviously I work closely with Brandon and uh, Felicia on the flag football front uh, with the Four Kings and uh, our nonprofit. Um, but I don't know, I've just been uh, working in my community as much as I can as like uh, the sports and uh, with kids and things like that. And I just felt like I had to do something uh, given what's going on and um, just try to collaborate, collaborate with Brandon and uh, find a way that I can help the community. Take it off the that's, that's what's up. Who's next? I guess I'll go. Um, for those that don't know me, my name is Roland Copeland. I graduated back in 2016 with Brandon Texera. Um, and at the moment, I'm a real estate agent. And I, you know, with, to, to be honest, what really brings me here is I think that's a big underlying of what's actually going on with, uh, you know, the wealth inequality in the black community. And for what I've seen in the markets, I would like to uh, dive into that as well and what we could do better with our children and in their future with financial literacy and just education in general. Um, so that, that's why I'm here. Outstanding, Roland. Thank you, sir. Next. Um, so I'm Felicia. So not only am I a teacher in an urban setting, so I teach at Brockton High, but also you guys know I'm actively involved in a ton of different avenues with the youth in this town. So I feel like I'm always open to hearing other people's opinions and just taking that to use constructively with everybody else. All right, very good. And last but not least, my brother, and then I'll go. My name is Kaylon Jenkins. I'm uh, the old head here of this thing. I'm uh, Stoughton High School, class of 1991, Bridgewater State, class of 97. And I'm here just uh, hoping as a, to be a facilitator uh, through this communication between members of the community and uh, the Stoughton Police Department, really all members of uh, our shared hometown of uh, Stoughton, Massachusetts. All right. And then this is me, I guess. All right. I'm Dean Jenkins. I'm not. And this is to you, Roland. You graduated high school, so you don't have to call me sir anymore or anything like that. It's Dean. I told all y'all when you graduated, you can call me by my first name when you see me around town. So don't all feel right. – uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate the respect, and I, and, I, and I know it's there, so you don't have to uh, 
you don't have to go that we're partners we're neighbors at this point and everybody's kind of in this together um i started out doing this job i'm not gonna lie to you for none of the reasons that you would think i started out doing this job because quite frankly i needed a, a steady paycheck with benefits so i got into law enforcement um when i was 28 years old after making several bad life choices one after another all right. I know it's probably hard for some of you to even imagine that because of where I am now. But I can tell you right now, my brother would co-sign this. It took me a long time to get my stuff together, a real long time. It's mm. embarrassing, to, to be honest with you. Um, Stoughton High, class of 94. UMass Boston, class of 2012. So do the math on that. 94 to 2012 when I graduated. And then mm. LaSalle College Masters, class of 2019. Um, I'm just here because I want to be a resource to you. It's, it's important that you understand that uh, most police officers, at least in your, in your jurisdiction, a lot of what I'm going to talk about is Stoughton based because it's what, it's what I know. It's what you know. Most of us are a resource beyond just showing up when we're called and enforcing some sort of a law or making some sort of a ruling. And I promised all of you that Roland was in a presentation that I gave in high school where we remember the remember that rolling about the constitution? Yep, I do. Okay, I do. So we talked about the constitution, search and seizure, things like that. And I said my most important job of being a school resource officer was the resource part. And um, that's certainly what this is here. So a little bit about my family. All right, it's ironic that we're doing this and I am not at my house. I'm actually at the house I grew up in. All right. So Kaylon and I grew up in. So um this house means a lot to me beyond just the walls. It is memories. It is, um, it is milestones because my parents were the first generation of either side of the family really to leave the city. You know, my mother, my mother and father, they grew up in, well, they met in Cambridge, but my father's originally from the city of Baltimore, which as I'm sure you know, is a very, very tough place. So they were able to get, they got married, I think when they were 19 or 20 years old, my father was the first black computer room supervisor at Gillette, South Boston. And he was that during busing. And I, I, you guys all familiar with the busing? Okay. So you can imagine what it must have been like for him to be the first black computer room su supervisor in South Boston during busing. Um, yeah. I, you know, the stories of what he went through are, uh, it's, it's hot wrenching. So, if my father were here to see this and to see that um, that my brother and I had taken a part in this, I'd, I'd have to believe he'd be extremely extremely proud of the sacrifices he made to be able to put us in Stoughton in the first place and, and, and to keep us here once we got here. Um, growing up, my brother and I will tell you, there were not many of us in town. Like the, like the diversity in this town has exploded. I mean, it might have been... You know, I went to the Gibbon school and in grades four, five, and six, I was the only black kid until until probably a little ways into sixth grade, um, two other kids moved into town. But I mean that was I mean it was it was lonely, but but I also can say for the most part I was treated well. I can't I'm not gonna sit here and act like I was shunned or anything like that, but it was uh there were times I did wonder where everybody else was that looked like me. So quick disclaimer. Everything I talk about tonight is Dean Jenkins talking. This is not Sergeant Jenkins from the Stoughton Police Department. My views are my views. So they don't necessarily reflect the views of people I work with. 
Uh, if you notice, I'm not wearing a uniform. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a regular shirt because I don't want anything I say here to get turned around and say, well, the Stoughton Police Department feel this way or that way because that's that may or may not be the case. I don't know. I'm not speaking on anybody else's behalf but my own. So with that said, we'll get into some of the questions that um that that Brandon Brandon, you can kind of like steer this thing here. I think we can do this. I don't think we need to mute this. I think we just, there's a few few of us here where you can just ask me the questions and I'll answer them as best I can. So where do you I want me to start? I think actually before before we say that, um, just Brandon, I'm sure was going to say this as well. Everyone knows that that Brandon. I believe you're recording this, right? Yes. Okay, so he's recording this. Oh yeah, that's quick yeah. life lesson, Brandon. You got to disclose that before yeah. you record it, that because. That's actually a felony in Massachusetts. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So, so yeah, so make sure make sure that you that you let people know your audio and, and video recording yeah. them before right. you do it. Yeah. Well, it, it, and it says record too. You you did it right, I think. So. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Up in the upper left corner, it says that, but it, but I'm not sure. Like I'm on these things, Felicia. I know you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Dean, I, I don't know about Dean. <laughs> if he, I mean, he's, he's, he's I didn't on. realize that, so I'm glad you brought but, that up. Yeah. In the yeah, upper no, left corner, it, it says record. So I came back. As soon as I saw it, I yeah. was like, uh. <laughs> And I'm the but one that, that, but that, like I said, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. So, Brandon, go ahead, bud. All right. So, let's start with the first question. How do you feel as a black man on the police force, given how police in this country are viewed, especially at this time? In a word, I feel, well, in a phrase, I should say, I feel like a man without a country. Because I am one of the only, I'm the only black officer in, in where I work. Um, and there is nobody in the building that knows what I'm going through personally right now. And then when I leave the building, there's nobody outside the building that knows what I'm going through when I work. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a man on an island, to be honest with you, Brandon. Um, it's a very tough time to be a police officer in general, especially a black police officer in a place where there are no other black police officers. So um, it's it's difficult. It is, but um, you know, hopefully, I have the shoulders broad enough to be able to handle this for at least a little while longer. Anyway. Um, we'll go to the second question. Uh, how do you feel about the Black Lives Matter movement, and how has it been received or regarded by your colleagues? Okay, so I'll talk about as much as I can without speaking for other people because i because obviously that's 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 poor form for me to speak about how other people feel about it um now this one i can sum up in a word and that word is conflicted because when the first when the black lives matter movement was first i was first made aware of it was a few years ago and let me tell you something i was on cloud nine man i mean i was like this is a thing of beauty yeah, we're going to get together, we're going to support each other, we're finally going to uplift, and we're going to build, and we're going to, you know what I mean? Like all, you know, like all black people, we're going to, you know, no matter who it is, if somebody gets killed unjustly, we're going to stand up and we're going to talk about it. And then shortly thereafter, I realized that that's not the case. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm as black as they come, but if I get killed well, during, during my job, Black Lives Matter is not going to stand up and say anything about me dying on while I'm protecting black lives. And for that, I, I got a problem with that. Because if you're not gonna stand behind the people that are advocating for you and trying to make things better for you, 
how can I support something like that fully? Like I get the message and I love the message, but, um, you know, it, it, it makes me very sad, Brandon. Like I said, from the outset, it, 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 um, it, it, it hurts me a little bit to know that I'm not included in that yeah. when I've given, I mean, I've been a cop for 16 years. I've given 16 of my 44 years to public service. And part of that public service includes the black communities in all the different jurisdictions I've worked. And you guys all know, you know me well, like I love my communities and I go out of my way to make sure that, that people feel welcome. I go out of my way to make sure that all of you uh, know that I'm approachable, uh, that I'm available for you to answer, answer your questions and whatever, whatever you should need uh, that I'm available for that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it makes me sad, Brandon, that I'm not included in that. Steve, sorry. I'm sorry if that's not the answer you were looking for, but that's the truth. That's perfect. Nah, that that's completely understandable. You know, um, I think with the intentions that the that the name of the movement itself has, you would think that that would be taken into consideration. You know, because at the end of the day, everyone says we got to change the system, we got to change this, but without black people and black bodies in certain situations in certain in certain positions then you're not going to be able to do that and if no one's advocating for them if no one's going to stand behind them then what are they you know what i mean it's it's, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to support that so i i definitely understand that thank you for saying that steve that means a lot to me it really does all right next question before i tear up <laughs> uh next question uh do you think the training or selection process for police officers should be more rigorous? If so, Go ahead. I'm sorry, but I'm feeling some kind of way about this. Go ahead. If so, what measures should be implemented? All right. A couple different layers there. So let me start from the, uh, from the outset. Yes, I think it should be more rigorous. But one thing that you'll hear me say, uh, and not just on this conversation, any conversation I have, I do a lot of teaching, public speaking, and one thing that I like to hammer home with everybody is for every action, there's a reaction. So how that pertains to this is, to this particular question is, if we make it more difficult to get police officers, there are not going to be very many police officers. And I'm gonna answer your question, Steve, by asking you a question. How many people do you know in your everyday life that want this job right now? Very few, very, very few. Even people in a position right now are iffy. If they weren't in it right now, they, they probably wouldn't have been in it. They wouldn't Now imagine, oh, I lost you there. I'm sorry, Steve, did I cut you off, buddy? No, 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 you're fine. So imagine, Let's say you, let's say, is it less than five, you think? Less than five people you know? Like Absolutely. family, I'm talking everybody you know, less than five? Absolutely. Less than three? Probably. Pro okay, so let's call it three for the sake of numbers. So we make it more difficult to get this job. Mm -hmm. So more testing, more interviews, higher physical standards, all that. Mm -hmm. So if it was three, now out of that three, realistically, maybe one, one and a half will get hired. Mm -hmm. So it makes it even more difficult. So on the one hand, yes, I would like it personally. I would like it because I'm a guy and I think that, that as, as black, um, as black people, certainly black people in this town, 
because every we're all here for a reason. Like none of us like settled Stoughton. Like everybody moved out here for a reason, mm. right? I don't think anybody was was anybody born in Stoughton. No. Okay, so we all our families all came from. Hey, Michaela, how you doing? Michaela, can you hear me? I can now. There we go. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. So I'm just answering the question. Steve asked me the question about what about should should the hiring process be more stringent? And and the answer is, it, in some ways, yes, it should be. But the fact of the matter is, like, it, it got so difficult that we were disqualifying candidates, for example, or it's you don't get the preference. Like, suppose you got arrested in college. Suppose you got arrested, you got into a fight in college, which when my brother and I were growing up, that was pretty common. Like we fought, like we didn't grow up like you guys did. I'm sure you did, you know, you get into a fight or two, but it was very common for you to get into a dust up uh, in high school. We had them weekly in high school, easily weekly. And it was the type of thing where teachers would separate. You'd be like, are you finished? Yes. Are you finished? Yes. You promise it's not going to go any further. All right, go back to class. And that's how it was. Mm -hmm. Then like the zero tolerance stuff started happening and it started happening less and less. So if you get disqualified for just doing something that used to be called boys being boys, and now you go four, four or five years later and you go to get a, a job and you get disqualified because you might've got arrested because you got into a dust up at a bar, but you changed. I mean, you're, I mean, I'm, I'm, I talked about you at the outset, Brandon, I'm going to, I'm going to single you out. I, I can't believe, I mean, like I knew you had potential, but like what you've turned into like you were a quiet, kind of like an introvert type cat. Now, I mean, you're out there, you're doing your thing. Think about the growth you've had in four years. Are you the same person you were four years ago? No, sir. I'm not. I'm certainly not the same person I was when I was your age, 22 years ago. So to disqualify people from jobs for small things like that makes it difficult. Yeah, yeah. But um, and, and I know personally, as somebody who's usually, I'm the type of guy I'm usually first through the door if there's a bad situation. Like I'm, you know, I pride myself on being the kind of guy that when you're in a real bad spot, you really need a cop. You want me there, mm. believe me. So, but guys that I know will throw down when things get rough. But guys that I want with me. <laughs> but now that's being eliminated. Now I train. I, I'm a defensive tactics instructor. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that I have to train that have never been in a fight before. And that includes not even with a sibling. Like, are those the people? Like, if you, if somebody's broken in your house, you know, I mean, you got to. I don't know. Can they can they help you? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that's that can be tough sometimes. So, you okay, Felicia? Yeah, my Brandon keeps muting me for no reason. <laughs> Brandon being <laughs> annoying per usual. Back to um, but add to but to go off what you were saying. I also think that depending on where you grew up, right, that's obviously going to change a lot, but whether if you got in fistfights or whatnot. But I feel like it almost... That's just one example. Yeah, no, but agreeing, agreeing completely to what you're saying. So if you grew up in a really urban setting and, like, your life was just a little more difficult than, like, the average person who didn't grow up the same, right, grew up in a more wealthy community, I feel like it almost gives, like you shouldn't be eliminated for that reason because you might have an upper hand being able to relate to your demographic that you're working with, you know? 100%. Um, being, being somebody who's out in the streets helps sometimes. Absolutely. Like it helps you identify so, when something's going bad. Absolutely. And I feel like people complain a lot all the time, like, why don't we have more black cops? Why don't we have more black teachers? Why don't we have more black business owners? And I completely agree with them. Being a teacher that there's not that not much diversity, being in your position, not that much diversity. 
But in order for that to happen, people have to apply and people aren't applying. So it's not like the Stoughton Police Force or my school specifically is saying like, you know what, we're not hiring black people. People aren't applying of color. So Amen. You can't, you can't just blame the people at the top because if they're having 10 people apply and out of one, one person is black and then they get written off for what happened to them in the past, you can't say it's for because the color of their skin. But also going off that, um, besides the selection process, the actual academy itself, do you think should be harder? Yes, I do. But it's running into the same. So let me address this. So part of, I know where you're going with this, Brandon and Steve, where the hiring process should be more stringent because I think where you're going with this, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to weeding out the bad apples before they have the badge in the gun, right? Yeah, that's okay. Good. So we have so part of the hiring process is a psychological exam, and it's it's. I mean, I I've done it's got to be six of them. I've worked for six different agencies, so each one you have to do a psychological exam where you go, you meet with a shrink, and you usually have to fill out a questionnaire. And I think the shortest one I ever did was four hundred, and the largest was twelve hundred questions. It's a long day. <laughs> then at the end, they run it through a scantron, and you come up with a profile. And then they ask you questions based on that profile. And you have to basically convince them that you are of sound mind to become a police officer. And I mean, I, I don't know what more you can do because um, I've also worked, I worked in New Hampshire as a police officer in the city of Manchester. And I had to be polygraphed up there, which was one of the worst days I've ever had as a, as a, um, in, in my employment, that's, that was an awful experience because you have to talk about things that you have forgotten about, or maybe things you're ashamed of. And then they hook you up to this machine, just like in the movies and you're in a special chair. Like you can't just sit in any old chair. There's a special polygraph chair you have to sit in and they, and they, and they ask you basically whatever they want. You got to answer those questions. And beyond that, I'm not sure how much more people can, these agencies can do to, to filter people. Anytime you have a human element in any line of work, you're going to have people that can game the system. You're going to have people that slip through the cracks. It's, it's, it's mathematically impossible to guarantee at some point that people aren't going to um, be, have prejudices. Because everybody, everybody, everybody on this call has biases. We all have biases. We all have things that uh, where we prejudge people a little bit sometimes. I mean, heck, that it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a self-preservation mechanism. Yeah. Right. I mean, like if I see somebody and, and they're not showing me their face, their heads down, it's covered, and they got their hands in their waistband, I'm a little more uneasy about that than somebody walks up and makes themselves known and says hello to me. Mm -hmm. So it's just that's just life, you know. Dean, I, I'm gonna interrupt. Dean, I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna interrupt everybody. So right now, I'm sure everyone sees at the top of the screen. Uh, the meeting is gonna end in one minute. It's gonna be sharp too. Okay, it's going to stop. So probably what's going to happen is, is that Brandon's got to make a new room. We have less than one minute. He's got to make a new room. It's about 640 right now. So why don't we let Brandon do that and then send us what it is. And then we've got about another 20 minutes for the time you said you had to jump off, team. Okay. I can go a little longer. No problem. I think you can use the same exact link and just click it again. Okay. I'm like... I'm like 99% sure, if not Brandon's a new one, but I think if you hang up, you can just click the same one and reopen, um, and it will start 40 minutes over. Okay, okay. sounds good. Hey, Josh, how you doing?
I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay. I, all right. I'll I'll figure this out, and hopefully I can get right back to you guys, and we can continue with this. This is good. All right. Am I exiting out of this thing?